0: joining me today on Coleman on Purpose is none other than my very own mother. She stops by my podcast today to share about her new memoir. We discussed the process of writing this book, but also the people that have encouraged and inspired her to start and finish this incredible project. We got an episode full of special stories and lots of laughs. I'm David J. Coleman, and Chapter Mom begins right now. And welcome to another edition of Coleman On Purpose. I am so excited about this particular episode. Before I introduce my guest today on the show, I want to read a short excerpt from this book called Journey, a story of redemption from the historic housing projects of New York City's Lower East Side. So I'm going to read a short portion of the book very quickly so you can hear uh, this amazing book that... um, The person that's sitting next to me put together, it says, My accident was already known in God's foreknowledge. This was a divine appointment with God choosing the right surgeon to perform an utterly over-the-top, precise and delicate brain surgery with great accuracy and skill, even to the amazement of the more senior neurosurgeons of the practice. I'm convinced that God ordained Dr. Bethwell Rayori to use his advanced neurological and surgical expertise to bring me back from the brink of a brain injury of catastrophic proportions. With the constant support of my two sons, along with my ever-calm, stable prayer intercessor and encouraging husband, I began to recover. The successful surgery led me back onto the road toward finishing this memoir in the midst of all the trauma I went through. My wonderful Lord and Savior was beside me, leading me sweetly and gently through to victory, even during the challenging and uncertain uncertain times after my surgery. To God be the glory for the birth of this memoir. And sitting right next to me is the author of this book, my mother, Antoinette Tony Coleman, who wrote this, I want to welcome you to Coleman On Purpose for the very first time. How are you doing today, Mom? Hi, David, my son.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, David. This will be my first interview and no better interview than to do it with my son. I thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you for coming on. Um, we know that this book has been, or I know that this book has been a long time, you know, coming. And I wanted to just ask you, um, when you were doing this book, what made you want to write this book or this memoir of your life?
1: Well, David, you know, that is that is the great question of the century, so to speak, because this book um, is my lifetime. And It's really inspired by God. I really never thought I was going to write a book. So many years it's been prophesied that I would write a book and I never did take the challenge on. But over the last seven years I had been writing for a newspaper here in Dayton and before that for the last over 20 years, writing newspaper articles, you know, feature stories, entertainment, and uh, that has been my forte. However, Uh, A few years ago my neighbor who is an author said that I could do those articles in my sleep that it was time for a new challenge and finally I was hit on face to face with the fact that I thought this might be the time I started really thinking about it. Even my son Mark, your brother, Mm -hmm. has mentioned that many times that I need to really journal the story of my life and I really did it for the family originally. I didn't expect it to become a book where everyone could get it, and it eventually it began to evolve. And I thank Ms. Finney in the book, in the acknowledgments, for uh, I never thought this would come to pass, something of this proportion. So that's how it started. That's
0: wonderful. That's wonderful. And about how long do you did it take you to actually put this book together?
1: Great question again, and I've said it many times, so I know that off the top of my head. It was seven years ago. Okay. Uh, It's like it's been spoken many, many years. Like I said, at least over 25 years ago, that I should write a book. And I just kind of laughed and chuckled. But seven years, I began to take it seriously. And I had had a brain injury, as you mentioned. And so, therefore, that was in 2012. And I wasn't up to starting it in 2012. I started after a little bit, maybe a year later, I started really pecking. On the on the on the computer, I call it the typewriter. I come from that era, <laughs> <laughs> right. but that's okay. You got to learn somewhere, right, right. and I could really type, so <laughs> I'm proud of my typing. I took it since seventh grade, right. but. Um, it's on the computer, I started writing. And to be honest with you, until last evening when you mentioned a great author who is one of our friends from uh, one of the churches we went to here in Dayton, Ohio, is Vanessa Miller. And she has put out quite a book, I understand. And she's been writing for several years. And she's the one who told me once in the library, I'd always admire her, and I said, To be honest, I make a joke, but it's true. I said I'm not going to write unless I get a Pulitzer Prize. She said, "You won't get any prize if you don't start writing." (laughs) And so I realized this is not a joke. You know, we all—I'm a New Yorker, so New Yorkers go for the big, the the big deal, Mm -hmm. and so uh, we always think big. You know, I mean, Pulitzer Prize—how many people win it? But that's the way we think. She said, "Tony, you won't get to get any prize again if you don't start sitting down and putting it on paper," and that's when. I, I, you know, even after that, I started writing.
0: That was very good advice that, that she gave, and like I'm saying, that's a lot of people sometimes like they push us yeah, towards she didn't something even, else. She just, yeah.
1: She, she just laid it on me. Right. She said, "You got to go home and start typing." That's awesome. She didn't, she didn't give me any who, what,
0: where, when, uh, making a big deal. She said, "You just got to start somewhere," and yeah. that's how it began. And a lot of times we probably get stuck in just ways of like just thinking because we do think advanced sometimes. Like we want to go ahead and we want to do the the biggest thing. But if we don't take that first step or that first there start, it is. we never. We and never I and
1: that. I did I actually admired her books and I'm not trying to get to publicize Vanessa. But, you know, just to see her doing so well, I understand she was a. Uh, her book was a pick by the book club for Good Morning America. America. And I'm like, wow, because I haven't seen her. She moved to North Carolina and haven't seen her in years. And here I am, I wrote a book, but look how long it took, Right, (laughs) but But you know, And she, you know, she's remarkable. So I have to. St- I'm still catching up with Vanessa, but th- at least but I don't
0: I don't even think it's almost even about catching up because you said we all go through. I always say this on my podcast: we all go through different times and seasons in our life where things happen to us. Like I said, you were mentioned at the very beginning of this book. where we we're talking about with the accident, your brain injury, and everything that went on with that process. Like I, you know, I told people about that on my podcast. Like. My brain injury and then it's very years later. You always used to say, I would you would tell my testimony and then I you, surely have, did. Then and, you and, had to be. And own.
1: and to pick pick up on that, David, is that I'm not trying to again mention Vanessa, but I'm just so proud of her and I'm an edifier yes. and an exhorter. And uh, you know, when I think of her, but It's hard for me to think of my own self. And even though I've done this, it hasn't really sunk in. So I want to say, if you see this broadcast, Vanessa, I'm so proud of you. You're such a go-getter, and you're doing so great. And I wish you the best, because I haven't talked to you in over... I had twelve years at least. So this is I,
0: how my mom has always been. Just just mind you, you know, sometimes we're talking about her book journey <laughs> and she she's always been like that though. And that's that's the heart. That's that's where yeah. I think that's where I get part of my thing about yeah. just over love. Yeah. But we're we're here to pour into others as well as realize the things and the accomplishments that we have yeah. also. So this book to me is a wonderful accomplishment that you work so very hard on, and that's why I said even through brain injury and the things that you went through you were able to come into a place of putting together all of your memories and everything that you worked on. So how was the process of writing this book when you were writing Journey? How was the process, like when you said going to the computer and the different things you were doing, how was the process of of putting that together and even sitting down, even times when you might have gotten tired and stuff like that or not felt like doing it, what kept you kind of going when you were were in the process of writing this book?
1: Let me just say it like this. As I, and, again, I give credit to uh, another friend of mine who really helped me a lot, and that was LaDonna Williams. She was inspirational to me in that I had had this brain injury, and I'm, it seems like I'm going off track, but I'm just letting you know the process. It was a while before I could really get my all my words to flow again, mm-hmm. and she told me, why don't you talk into the tape recorder? Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I thought she said, you like to talk. You're sitting here talking for an hour about the book. So why don't you talk into the tape recorder and, and then you could type it back, you know? And so I started doing it. That's part of the process. Yeah. And I started because it was very it was, it was wearing on me to sit down at the typewriter. And again, I say typewriter the computer. It was wearing on me to sit there. It was stressful to sit there for long periods of time, but as I began to speak it, it became more joyful. And when I went back. I I could just go ahead and type from there, and then thoughts, as you said, would come to my mind, and my my long-term memory is remarkable. God gave me, my short-term memory is good, but my long-term memory, people have commented when they read my book, people who are in the book who've known me since I was 12 years old. They said, Tony, I cannot believe. And my other, from one was from I was 5 and one was when I was 12. They, they're of my age group, and they cannot believe that I could remember the details of each of those stores and the school and what, what the names of the people who owned those stores were. Those are real names. I remember vividly a lot of that. Now you can't remember everything, but a lot of that has been stored up in this memory bank, which people call a computer, and it really is. And I I feel, I'm blessed how God, it really just flowed. And let me, I say this, my writing is not of my own. It's a gift
0: from God. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I, was I was just gonna f- say that that is a gift to, to know, remember those things and to be able to pull that out just like you did in like your humble beginnings section when you went back to the beginning of a lot of your, your time in New York. Even like I was reading the part where you said you went to the store and you were and that was how they used to give the receipts to, oh to the goodness. to the you know, to the to the Man, when you didn't have enough to buy anything, you would, and we there was no credit cards or anything yes. like that. So it just it was like it brought me back to like even like the way you worded everything in there. It was just really? like yeah, it was like a wording in there that just made you feel like you were walking in that time, yeah, was, like you were in that I was definitely
1: frame. he's that's a good point. See, there's so much, is so I can't I would not be able to answer all that David's saying in this interview. But he's right. He's bringing up more things because uh, I was actually able to go. I could, it was just like it was yesterday. I could see the store. I could see the Mr. Cohen in his fruit stand. I could see Murray and Esther in their luncheonette. I could see that little hole in the wall store. The Chinese store, we go on a restaurant, we went on Sunday. In other words, it's multicultural, I may add. So there's a Chinese store next to a Jewish store, next to an Italian store, next to a Spanish bodega, and a German cleaners, everything was down there and I could see it and it's just, it really brought back a lot of good memories. It really, I felt I I was close to that and how we run away because that is what you call, that is, you come from New York and so you have the lower income, medium income, middle income, rich, and then you have the filthy rich, okay? So here we are and I was brought back to my roots and I'm proud of my roots, it is historic It's very historic. See, I'm a writer, so he's going to have to cut me off.
0: No, no, it's fine. Because I said those, but those, I've always listened to you, like, as growing up, she was always a storyteller. So when you would hear her tell stories, I would laugh. And we would just kick back and laugh because even the story she put in here, I'm so glad it's in the book where you just talk about taking a train like you would go and you would party down in a certain area of New York and then you would not want to show the people where you live so you would take a train back to yeah you would take a train late at night I just want to clear that up
1: (laughs) yeah well that is very true he be, he's bringing up so now this isn't fair we only have about half an hour but yeah there's a lot about that but you can ask what you want you can tell this was not prepared this is really no, this, is not, this is not this is this is natural yeah. but i was going to say he, he didn't i'm thinking when he brought mentioned the parties but there was also the other aspect the party people didn't really know where i went mm. when i when they left i was like bye and i had to go on, you know here i'm by up on a hundred and 42nd and St. Nicholas Avenue in the dark in the middle of the night, walking to the train station to take the A train down to the bus standing at 8th Avenue when it's pitch dark. You know you can't do that anymore. Waiting for the 14th Street bus to get down to where I'm on 4th Street at like 4 in the morning, okay? And so, you know, that was really a trustworthy time, I tell you. And so I got home safe, I'm still here. But then he also is, what he's really also referring to, if he, things back at the book is when I worked for Robert Kennedy campaign. Yes. That was a whole new ball game. You're talking about the filthy rich, the people who own everything. I mean, that's Robert Kennedy. And so I was one of the Kennedy girls, and when they dropped me off, I sure didn't have them drop me off where I lived. I had them drop me off about a mile or two away and had to walk home mm. because I didn't want them to see where I lived. It's it, 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 it's really something, you know, uh, that's a whole nother book, but where we... Um, you know, how we ashamed really sometimes of where we come from because by that time, I was older. I was 20 years old. And then that's when the projects where I'm from really started getting going down. Mm-hmm. And then there was some furniture in the lobby, mailbox broken, and people just doing things in the elevator they shouldn't do. It, it was embarrassing. So I surely had them. I said, thank you. And I'd wave goodbye. And then when I saw them leave, Mm-hmm. Then I would go ahead and walk home. Now that's a shame. So you know that's, that's a whole nother subject, but
0: go ahead. yeah, that's that's a lot of that but that's a lot of life. That's what I, I believe we all do. We all have a way of coming into a place and then trying to ba- basically escape where we yes. you know sometimes where we where we came from. but that's our yes, that's, that's our rooting good. but it's our rooting and grounding and a lot of yes, times. Yes it is and you know? I'm so
1: proud. Some of my friends still can't acknowledge. where they don't want to remember where they came from but look what's happened I can tell people today and this is the root if anything goes on this interview is that you can be anything and do anything you want to do and when this goes back to his first question as this progressed this book became that young ladies young men whoever old young male, female, that you can become anything and at any age that you want to if that's really your calling. And this book is to let people know and where you're from, it doesn't hinder you when that's really what you're supposed to do. It's a great thing to be an overcomer and that's what I believe happened to me.
0: Now, you also touch on in this book about a lot of things where we start to get toward the end of the book where we're talking about a lot of family. You've included a lot of things about family. Why is why was that so important to your memoir? Why is family such an important factor of of this book? Like you said, you're ri- originally writing it for your family, but why what were what were your reasons in wanting to put family into the, into the book?
1: My editor really, after what I thought about it, I said, I really don't want to put that's too I had saved that for last. Mm. I saved that for last because they're still alive, many of them. You know, my parents aren't still here. My brother's still here. and He knows all the facts and figures. And I was like, this is, I have to really be accurate. So I saved that for last. So you said about family. At first, it wasn't my idea. They wanted me to write the book, but I wasn't really planning to include a lot of them. (laughs) You (laughs) know, see, he's he's (laughs) blowing me away right now. But to be honest with you, I didn't plan to write that chapter. You see what I mean? I wasn't planning on writing about my family at all. She said, don't you wanna put about your sons? <laughs> she said, you're leaving the whole space out of here. And so she wouldn't let me leave any stone unturned. So I had a good editor. That's, that took me a long time to write because I, had to, it was, I, I, I was living that for real. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I was pretty you know, delicately honest about things about my brother having been on drugs. And that was a hard, I'm much older than him, though I was 10 years older. So I was gone when he was 10. So he was left to deal with a lot of that on his own. And he passed away at 39, as I put in the book. And you know, he got off and on. And so it makes me realize, again, here I am. I'm living in the projects. My brother was on drugs. And all the things that I never really talked about. Right. You know, I just, yeah. and so many people, it's not good to hide those things. It's, it's part of life so that people can ha- uh, know that they're not the only ones you can encourage them. So I hope it's helping someone to know that they can be encouraged. And I, I was ashamed. I was ashamed of where I lived. I was ashamed that my brother had been on drugs. We very rarely talked about him too much. We like to talk about the success of everything. where well, everything is not a success. Mm -hmm. everything is not what you call success and so i wish that i could and i will tell you this be there for those people don't run from them because they need you i regret that i didn't spend more time talking because he was searching but i didn't know the lord either till later Mm -hmm. and that you know he you know what i'm saying so if you yes if you know the lord don't run from that because uh, that will stay with you. God, you're still gonna go to heaven, but you'll live live with the fact that you didn't give your all to that person who really needed you. Wow, and you can deep. give them the direction,
0: but that's a deep part that you and I was just getting ready to ask you about that because I love the way that a lot a, a, at the end of your chapters you draw everything back to your relationship with God and the Lord. That's that's very important. Like the people know, I hear I'll start talking on this podcast and then I start getting into <laughs> like God and I'm like I'm not trying. I wasn't trying to come here to preach or anything like that. I was just trying to encourage people to go for their purpose and mm-hmm. believe in themselves. Like exactly what this book is about. Mm-hmm. You, you just drawing it back to God being the center of this book even when we were coming i remember when we sat down and we were coming up with the title we we're trying to find oh that out. was good brainstorming brainstorming titles. somebody
1: suggested that <laughs> and i'm like brainstorm i can you no know, you need to brainstorm
0: yeah and, and was,
1: everybody and i put pretty much everything but everybody had is this long title and this long,
0: but it's a good it's a wonderful title so that like with you drawing everything back what are some important things like with you bringing the Lord back into it, even you moving away from here and then finding God and you tell me those stories, that's not even at all here we didn't have all the things about when you no, got saved or all of those things. I missed
1: that. that and yeah. I would
0: like to say a little bit about that Go ahead. That's that I important. got, I basically
1: got saved in Jamaica West Indies in 1979 and little did I know I was saved but I was at my wits end. I cannot believe that I left that story out but this is not a biography, it's a memoir so memoirs you do a lot of little short stories, vignettes. And my neighbor again, Mrs. Finney, was the one who told me we don't wanna do a biography because you'll never get done. You'll be there forever. (laughs) You know, this already took a long time. Mm -hmm. She said this way you don't have to be chronological. You can just do little short story snippets. And that's what this is, just to encourage people. But I did get saved without knowing I was saved but I was there and I was searching and I really saw Gideon's Bible. I had arrived in Jamaica, I was really at my wits end. This, This is a short story, this is an extra for you that's not in the book. But I went to Jamaica all by myself. My grandmother who was, as I mentioned, was a very wealthy woman. She owned her own store and she had given me a couple of thousand dollars. You know, I thought that was a lot of money back in 1979 and it probably was, cash money. So I decided to go to Jamaica. There were no computers then (laughs) but I went to the library and I went and looked at videos on Jamaica and a friend of mine said, you know, you need to go visit some of the Caribbean. So I took her up on it but I went all by myself and when I got to Jamaica I was very forlorn because things weren't working out. I was divorced also, and it was just wasn't a good time. It was just I was searching, and I needed I needed someone to come to my rescue. Which, of course, we know now that it was Jesus Christ. But as I entered Jamaica with no one to meet me, I went to my hotel that I picked out from folders, and I saw the video of it. and I thought that would be good. I picked everything out, you know. The hard way that people, you know, I didn't have a travel agent or anything. And when I got to the hotel, I was exhausted, drained. And I laid on, before I laid on the bed, I pulled out the Gideon's Bible and said, "For whatever you're going through, they've had that particular section. And it said in uh, Peter, it said, I believe, it said, I will bring you out of the darkness into the light. And I went mm-hmm. to sleep till late, like about eight o'clock at night got there in the afternoon, a deep sleep I went into. And when I woke up, you know, I went out to eat, but the next morning it was different and it looked like a veil had come off of my eyes. And the trees were green, I could see the sky was blue, it's like a veil, I could see clearly. And I don't know what that has to do. That's one of the stories that I left out. But uh, that's when I knew I, I something had happened. I didn't know it was saved until I came back to St. Louis. I was in St. Louis at the time, and a girl was there as a temporary, and I started crying at lunch. She said, you know, you want to have lunch? I said, sure. And I said, I need to go back to Jamaica. because that's where I was happy. And she said, and this is a quick one, she said, you know what, it's not Jamaica, it's Jesus. And she said it loud, she said, you need Jesus. And she was from Cincinnati, Ohio. And (laughs) she hung around with me for three weeks and did everything I wanted to do. And one day she said, Would you like to go to church? Now, what are you going to do? So that night before church, I got very sick Saturday night, very sick. And I was like a flu. And I said, I cannot come. And she said, listen, if you just, if I make you eggs, bacon, whatever, you'll feel better juice. And if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. And she took me to church. August of 1979 and I went on and got saved and here we are in 2024. I went on and got saved to the bone.
0: And then met my dad and then <laughs> had me and then all that. You know, no, I'm just playing. Yeah, but yeah, no, I it's... met his dad at church camp <laughs> but that
1: was the beginning right. of the rest of my life and I was 33 at the time and uh, that's very significant with Christ, 33. But I tell you, that was left out but that's a bonus for you because really this book is really, it, it wouldn't have been good without the Lord anyway. Mm. It would have been no book without Jesus. Oh, because then he gets the glory, not me. And I really that's really why I wrote the book, just to encourage people. And I hope that this doesn't make anybody feel bad, but I've often said, you know, And I'm not trying to put myself down, but I would say who I really love dearly as a woman I look up to, which is Condoleezza Rice. I would always say, I'm not no Condoleezza Rice. Who cares about what I do? But everybody said, you are you, and whatever you went through is your story, and be proud of it. I wasn't the Secretary of Defense or anything like that or whatever title Condoleezza was at the time. I was the secretary, but that's my story, so I pray again. That who's ever listening could know whatever job you're at, your dreams also, or whatever it is, can come true with Jesus.
0: That's why I try to express to people the importance of your story. And that's kind of why I did this at the beginning. I did the same thing with my podcast. I was like, I don't really want to, you know, who's going to want to know about all that? You know, I know I've had things happen to me, but I was like, everybody has something to happen to you. But you don't know that one story or that one particular thing about your life may talk to somebody or speak to somebody, really, really encourage them to keep going or to be the be the bridge to the next person getting... So you don't... It's like a fire. I, I explain it like a fire now. I keep saying it on everything. That's it just true. spreads. It just spreads. You started little sparks. That lady started a sparking you that day she in St. Did. Louis. You went and started she sparking did. up the world because I know everybody that talks to my mom, she doesn't know it and she don't listen to me when I say it, but everybody that she comes into contact with always talks about how genuine, how nice different things that come along with her that people will just always remember. You know, it's just who she is, and that's truly, genuinely through and through. And like I said, she may have not been like that all all the time, like back in New York, but but God helped her to become, you know, what we're seeing. What I pretty we're seeing, much was we're like see. Were you always like this? Just a little wilder. Okay, see, but that's <laughs> not the same as now. <laughs> I was always like this, but, but God
1: has calmed me down. Right, but it's it's good. But is there
0: the, the last question I had was: Is there anything you want to say to encourage people that have goals and dreams of maybe writing a book, maybe doing an album, doing something, just lifelong goals, just like this book? Like you said, this was something that when you did it, you felt like it was like, whew, I did it. I I wrote I I wrote this book. Now what what's next? You know, but. Right now, there might be somebody that's trying to get to this step of doing it. Just like you said, yeah. Miss uh, Miss Miller told you about those things. Or her name is Pierce now, I think. Yes. But yeah, there. it's like there are these things so what would you say to somebody that's trying to get to that place of fulfilling their their lifelong goal or something that they really want to do what's what are the steps or what do they need to do what would you say so
1: david can i just say one thing i just want to give a shout out to the young lady who did witness to me which was skylar skylar whitfield from cincinnati ohio and i haven't talked to her gosh only knows maybe
0: so skylar if you're out there my mom is. Thanking, is thanking you, you for bringing me,
1: to- <laughs> telling me about Jesus—the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Thank you. You were the spark. You were the you, spark. yeah. You were that's the what I'm saying. You were the fire and you were fiery. And thank you so much.
0: Look at that. That's but that that touches something inside of me because that's even before I was born. You know that was happening. That she was a part of me. You know it's it's yes. uh, it's so important that we need to know that we are the little pieces. That's what I, that's why I talk about purpose and being where you're supposed to be is so important. And my
1: son. Is a researcher so he looked you up he saw you on Facebook (laughs) and he said is this her I said that is truly her and you're just a beautiful person I just want to say that Skylar. thank you
0: so what would you say to anybody else that is trying trying to to, write this book
1: again I would get back to Vanessa Miller Pierce and she said giving her all credit I love to give credit to when credit's due you just start writing just start writing down you say ABC okay well I did take journalism class, which gave me confidence, and that was in high school. I just, I think I put a little chapter in there about that. So uh, it's not like I'm not learned. I did get a degree in communications, but the gift was always there from a child. So what we were taught, uh, first of all, you just, you have to just dream and you just write the, the, but the practical stage is the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. But as you write, it'll all be in there when you tell your story. Just put as many details and as many action words as you can. But just write your story. Just start writing. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to read it. Just write it. That's that's all. It's real simple. The thing is, people are looking for this big thing to happen. But most people who are great, they have PhDs. And they've told me, Tony, I don't want to sit down. It's time consuming. (laughs) And I won't name names there, but different people, pastors and stuff said, I haven't even written a book yet because I don't want to sit down. I'm too busy. I want to keep moving. It's sacrificial though. So remember, but it's fun if it's something you really enjoy writing about. Write about something you love, what you like, it, whether it's your hobbies. I liked the, the things that I got to do, the the entertainers I got to interview, the places I've seen, the places I've visited, and it, it'll make you want to write about. Before you know, you'll have it, you'll have something written, and I my book is long. I'm like. What? 280 pages? <laughs> I said, this is crazy. I had beautiful 30 pictures in there. Too, and I had 38 pa- thirty. The insert is 38 pages. Yes. But barring that, you knocked 30. It was 240 something written pages. That's unbelievable because we were trying to keep it at 200. So just write, just write to your heart's content and get an editor. Give it to the editor and let her do a job.
0: That's beautiful. I want to thank my mom so much for just joining me. Make sure... You go and pick up Journey. If you see this, it's Journey by my mother. I'll let you hold your book. Thank you so much. Journey. It's, it's available on Amazon. You can order it on Amazon. It is also available to order on Kindle. All you need to do is go to Amazon and type in Journey, and you can just type in Tony Coleman, T-O-N-I Coleman. It'll pop right up, and you can order it from there, or you can get the Kindle version if you just like to be have it on the go. I've had people that have sent me stuff back already, pictures of them ordering it. Thank you so much for supporting my mom in this endeavor. I really, really, really do appreciate it. I want to thank my mom so much for just coming out here and really just talking about her book. I really, really thank you for doing this. This is very special. Make sure you follow me. I am David Coleman on Instagram. You can follow me at Deluxe Dave, D-E-L-U-X-E-D-A-V-E. I'm also on TikTok. You can follow me there at davidj.com. You can also follow me at Coleman On Purpose. That is on Instagram and it's on TikTok as well. You can follow me there at... As well, And I have updates about her book I have updates about what I am doing as well Make sure you keep on Doing what you do Trying to achieve what you can achieve And remember what I always say at the end of every single podcast You are unique You are loved And you are created for greatness I'm going to end this podcast differently than I've done with some of my past And I'm giving to give my mom a hug I love you mama
1: Thank you <laughs> <laughs> And David, you. it's Antoinette Tony
0: Coleman yes, sure. yes. And it's Journey The story of redemption. A n t o i n e t t e Coleman. All right, we love you. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. That's it,
1: Mama. Now, let me see this thing. David, I got all of, but that's God, see?